What's going on, everybody? This is Dr. Chris Featherstone here for yet another episode of The Wrestling Outlaws. I'm here with two former world champions, one current national heavyweight champion. Yep. Vince Russo, EC3. How are you, my friends? I defer to Vince. Did you uh, work OVW tonight, bro? Yeah, let me tell you about my day. Woke up, you know, got my stretch on, did my cardio, you know, pack up my things, hop in a car. There's three accidents on the way. I stopped by the gym. Shout out Ashland uh, Warehouse Gym. I don't know if you've ever been there. Chris is dope. Oh, it's too far. Anyways, you know, got my training in, kept driving, listening to audio books, you know, get to OVW, work twice, two matches. Now we got TV with uh, NWA. There's two shows. And I got to like another show with NWA. And I think I'm doing another show that night because I'm going to hop in a car and go kick somebody's ass up in Wisconsin for Dave Hero. Yeah, man. I'm thriving. Grinding, man. Grinding. I'm just the best. You know, like, man, I work hard. And, man, I look good. And, man, I look good doing it. Mm. Wow. Yeah. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that is a day in the life of uh, EC3. Oh yeah, I packed all. I packed what? Four, I don't know how many days am I on five? Like twenty five meals. So I carry around these little because ba- I don't have enough room in the cooler. So I put them in little baggies. They call it hobo rice. Some of the people that see me walk around with my little plastic bag, I'll go into a pilot, dump it in like a coffee cup and microwave it and just eat it. I've eaten more meals in gas stations in a month than I think most people do in a lifetime. That's crazy, bro. That's commitment, man. It, yeah. is, commitment. Yeah. it is very commitment, man. Very committed. Uh, speaking of committed, man, I want you to. Down. I'm sorry about that. Actually, I'm not. That was fun. <laughs> uh, well, you can be half sorry. You can be sorry that you melt down, but it was, it caused a lot of uh, good TV. So, you know, it worked out, you know, the, like I said last week, man, it's the, the Nova effect that is fine. So think about things in psychological uh, terms and effects all the time. Yeah, so that's what made me so mad is because you're so smart and you're like battling wits with me where I'm like usually trumping people with wits <laughs> and body. Like, so I was like, like <laughs> I know you're right, but I'm going to keep yelling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and people usually, they, de- they defer to the, uh, the yelling as a, as a way of uh, surrender at the same time, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like bullying slash surrender, but I'm the type of guy that uh, I don't, I don't flinch with that either, man. So it's, it's all, it's all fun, man. It's all fun and games. Man, man I was in bed with a girl a couple weeks ago. Yeah. You know the deal. And then like, there was some sort of somehow religion got brought up and she's saying she's an atheist, but she believes in something. And I'm like, that does that makes you, you're not an atheist. You're agnostic. And she, I'm an atheist. And then she knew I was right, but she kept tripling down yelling. And then I like kind of would like talk in a sort of tone where she'd be like, "Why are you yelling?" <laughs> and this con- this conversation this conversation took place in the sack. Yeah, I'm. And you didn't throw her out of the sack. No, it was her house. Huh? It was her house. Oh, oh okay, <laughs> okay. Get yeah, out! Oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, that would have been a little. I was on my Bonvoy app, looking very close to. Yeah. There you go. Very nice, man. All right, man. Let's uh, do a weird segue to Natalia, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, perfectly weird. I love weird segues, but we're supposed to be talking about Natalia right now. So there's nothing to segue into Natalia except for let's just talk about Natalia. So 
Vince Russo put over Natalia uh, recently, and he said this in his status. He said, uh, uh, <laughs> We got in trouble. <laughs> Nat, by nature, received six Guinness World Record certificates at WWE Money in the Bank, but yet... WWE creative has quote nothing for her. Who's the incompetent one here at Triple H at oh. Mumbles McMahon? Yep, just Call ask him right it. out. Call him right out. And bro, I do want to say this, Chris, for the record, okay? Because I've you know I find things out, mm-hmm. and you're not going to hear this because you don't hear the things they don't want you to know. Guess what was the highest rated segment on Raw? Natalia's probably Natalia and Rhea Ripley was the highest rated segment on the show, bro. Bro, you know what? If that doesn't tell them something, I I, I don't know what to tell them. Yeah. I don't know. And and I said it when we did our show, Chris. It was over with me because it looked like a fight. Mm-hmm. It looked like these two girls were fighting, and yeah. and it stood out from everything else on the show. Then. It's the highest rated segment on the show. What does that tell you, bro? <laughs> it says that it's attractive yeah. to fans, man. Well, and what was the main event, Chris? I already forget what the main event was. What was it? Seth it was Seth and, and somebody. Seth and Fitnotes. No. Yeah, Seth and Dom. Yeah. That drew a higher number than Seth and Dom, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yep. It was yeah, Seth and Dom. Yeah. Well, Vince, uh, yeah, I'll say Uncle, well, <clears throat> Uncle Vince is a hero to the uh, the females in the WWE from Dana Brooke to yeah. Natalia. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, man. Because you know why, bro? They, they they do have it rough. It, they 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 really do, bro. I mean, I I've been there, done that, saw it. They they really have it tough, man. Vince Vince is a sexist, bro. They're all they're all all those guys that have been there forever. There's a place for the woman. No matter what, no, no matter what they do, bro, there is a place for them. And that's that's just the way it is, man. Along those lines, Vince, when you worked with uh, Vince, and I know that for the sake of being PC for the site, we can't get too deep into certain things. But when it came to the women in your day, the Sables, the Lunas, the Jackies, how was it? Did you ever buck up against Vince when it came to writing for them? Did did he disagree with some of your pitches, or how how was it working with Vince when you were writing for those women back then? Well, you know, bro. First of all, like China was very confined because she was connected to Triple H. Mm-hmm. She was never doing her own thing. You know, China was a part of DX and a part of Triple H. Bro, Sable was drawing, man. Yeah. Sable was drawing. And Vince, at that time, luckily, he was all about being WCW. Okay. So if, if, if Sable was drawing ratings and we were beating WCW, he had no problem with that. But later on, you know, once we were established and it was no longer a game and people started getting in Vince's ear about Sable, mm-hmm. next thing you know, like I said, bro, she's managing the oddities. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's why. That's that why. was that was a Vince idea to manage oh, the bro, Yeah, be, because bro, he wanted to knock her down a few pegs. Really? 
Wow, Absolutely, man. That. And it's crazy that a lot of times people blame Vince Russo for something like that. And yeah. I never knew that, you know, Sable was I knew that she managed the oddities. I always thought that, that was weird because Luna was in the group. I'll, I'll never forget when he pitched that to me. And I was like, Are you effing nuts? <laughs> but that that's what it was, bro. He had to knock her down a few pegs. ICP, Goga, Giant Silva. Luna, Vashon, and Sable? Like, Vince thought it was the greatest thing. He thought Galga's gimmick was the greatest thing, bro, because really? he was he was a hunchback and you couldn't pin him. <laughs> Vince thought that was like the, 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 the most clever thing. I'm like, oh, my, uh, bro. Oh, wow, man. You know that, was, that happened during uh, Pizza Hut guy, too. Like, um... What's the what's the pizza guy who jacked up Flair had him cut his hair too? So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. Um, early 90s WCW. What's his name? You remember his name? No. Pizza Hut guy. Yeah, he was a Pizza Hut guy. He, he, he took over. He took over WCW for like a for a hot second, man. Like in the early '90s, he made Flair uh, uh, cut his hair. He had like some weird gimmicks, like the Hunchbacks. Oh, come on, come on, trivia guy, come on, East. You know, you know who I'm talking about. Oh, I don't. He ran. He ran. He ran. No, it wasn't Barons. It was early '90s. W. I don't know why I'm blanking. I I, I know this like the back of my hands. Man, all you keep saying Pizza Hut guy, and all I can think of is Jared Fogle for some reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, was so kids. that was that was Jim Hurt. Jim Hurt. That's his name. Uh, Jim Hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was about to Google it, and then it just came, just like yeah, Jim Hurt. Yeah, it, Jim Hurt was like that. He had no clue about nothing wrestling. He took over WCW and he had just the bizarre gimmicks. Like the hunchback was one of his gimmicks. And the and the point of the the hunchbacks, they would come with the hunchback so they wouldn't be pinned. So they couldn't be pinned. It was impossible. Yeah. And bro, which you call like bro, you know, when when I uh, right before I left WWE, that a writer came in there who who used to write for freaking Conan, Tommy Blancha okay. was writing for Conan and you know, bro, I was a dick to Tommy Blanche, Blanche. And the reason I was a dick to him was because it was typical Vince bullshit. Me and Ed are doing so well. I'm sorry, bro. Me and Ed are doing so well. All of a sudden, we go to Vince's house one day, and there's a guy sitting there at the table wearing flip-flops who Vince hired. <laughs> never never told us. that. And what did we do, bro? We took it out on poor Tommy, which is horrible. But... My point is, you know, I, I apologize to Tommy years later, but Vince pitched to Tommy. Uh, what, what's the name? May Young giving birth to the hand. Really? And, and, and Tommy says, also. bro, he, he couldn't even pitch it because he was cracking himself up. 
And, and Tommy was like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, he literally thought it was a rib. He, wow. he thought Vince was tripping him. And I'm like, bro, that, that bro, Vince's mind, bro. Like it's, it's off, man. So Vince Russo has been known for, for having some bizarre storylines. A lot of a lot of that, you become the scapegoats of a lot of Vince's stuff too. So to me, you just gave me two storylines that I thought was like Vince Russo creations. So what you're saying is those two storylines are Vince McMahon. Bro, right, right. The the week after right. we left, he had Davy Boy Smith, uh, uh, um, which I'm gonna call it, um, bumping in dog poop. The day, the week we left, the week we left, three weeks after we left, remember this oldie but goodie? It was like a silhouette and somebody was pulling all these objects out of Jim Ross's butt. Remember that? Yeah, bro. That's all Vince, bro. Dumb. Yeah, that's all. That's all. That's all, Vince, man. Yeah, I heard Davy Boy hated the the, the dog. That's uh, ridiculous. That was ridiculous, bro. Come on, you get get, uh, the residuals of the heat for that, man. Mm. Like, even when I'm like Josh and you, I like throw a bad idea, and you're like, "That wasn't me, bro." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's that's insane, man. That's insane." Um, Well. Uh, Natalia, uh, you know, one, one thing that Vince didn't have anything to do was the fart gimmick that Natalia was having for a while that she was flatulent. And that definitely seemed like a Vince McMahon idea of Natalia all of a sudden being, flatulent. you were there when, uh, in, in NXT, when Natalia was there, uh, when doing the flatulent gimmick, weren't you? East? Man, I'm so shot. I completely forgot about that, but I do know that idea was the shits. It was horrible, man. I so, so like Chris and EC3 because I didn't watch that. So give me a little background. Like how, how did that develop? She just started having gas one day. She yeah. was cutting promos, and all of a sudden it would be fart sounds, and she would like, like she would like she would stop during the promo, and she it would show it like it would sound like she's farting. Yeah, she it, was was like, embarrassing. it was like a Chris Featherstone sound effect fart too. Yeah. Like, fart number six. This will get him. <laughs> Fart four, go. Yeah, yeah, it was horrible, man. You up fart ten. That's all. Sure. And there was there was no payoff for it at all. Well, it just disappeared like that mole on the uh, that Jillian. Jillian Hall. Well, yeah. the boogeyman bit it off. Never mind. Good payoff. You're right. <laughs> that was the payoff. The boogeyman just bit it off. That was weird. Man, wrestling sucks, huh? <laughs> Uh, let's, uh, let's go broing down memory lane, ladies and gentlemen. So recently on AEW, uh, Jericho and Chris Jericho and Don Callis cut a segment. They were in Canada. Both of them are Canadians, although, uh, Chris Jericho, if I'm not mistaken, was born in New York, but he is a Canadian guy and, uh, go ahead, East. <clears throat> Oh, I just, I remember that one time where like all of a sudden Jericho and Benoit were, Benoit's from Atlanta, Georgia, and then Chris Jericho's from New York, New York. You're like, yeah. hey, what, when? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was born in New York, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, These are hometowns for no reason. Like, uh, Chris Benoit wasn't getting over being Canadian from Edmonton, but he'll yeah, get yeah. from Atlanta. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's hilarious. Yeah, he was born, uh, Chris Jericho was born in uh, Manhattan, New York. Yeah. 
He's a, he's a new yeah, I mean, it, that makes sense because well, his, his dad was playing for the Rangers, yeah, yeah, so they probably lived in New York, I would guess. Yeah, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Back in 1970, uh, his uh, dad and his mom decided to uh, conceive him in New York. Interestingly enough, speaking of conceiving in somewhere that you're uh, not known for, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage was born in Columbus, Ohio. My yeah. hometown. Yeah. Yeah, the Pafos, the Pafos were they were traveling around and uh, decided to. Uh, I believe he was there in Zanesville and had a night out of town. Yeah, did a little clanging and banging, and all of a sudden, oh yeah, here comes the uh, else to do. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so he played for the Reds too, right? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yep. They uh they were bang clanging and banging in Zaysville and uh I guess they drove to Columbus. I was like, hey man, let's let's go and pop this uh this guy out this this little boy on out. And, uh, I can only imagine him coming out like with like, a hat on and the glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, all the pop and circumstance, yeah, indeed. Uh, so Jericho, Chris Jericho, Don Callis, they cut a, a promo on AEW. Callis is just such a heat magnet, man. He does such a good job being a heel. And uh, Chris Jericho, uh, he was kind of, I mean, he was playing to the Canadian crowd, but he's a heel. And then Callis comes out, and then uh, Jericho kind of eggs them on, and it says maybe it was kind of a flat finish. Uh, what'd you, what, what do you have, Vince, speaking of, Speaking of uh, uh, interesting gimmicks back in the day, when you had the oddities, you also had the Truth Commission, ladies and gentlemen. Vince Russo, what are your thoughts on working with Bro, Cal? he had so much heat with the boys. Legit? Wow. Oh, my God. And, bro, I was the guy that I was friends with him because I thought he was really, really talented. I liked him a lot. Mm -hmm. but for some reason, and EC3 will understand this perfectly. Do you know where the heat came from, bro? Probably something so dumb and truly okay. ridiculous. Bro, that... for whatever reason, I don't know why, he never changed in the locker room with the boys. He would change in his car. And that that like that brought him so much heat because bro EC3, you know how the boys are gonna take it. Oh what you're you're too good oh, to dress with oh, us. You, you want Alexis? Oh, you can't, you can't yeah, you you know it, you know it. And bro, he had so he with the, he had so much heat with the boys, and bro, when you have heat with the boys, of course that trickles into the office mm -hmm. and you 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 it, it, you're, it it's nowhere. It's not going anywhere, bro. It's, it's a probably, dead end. You probably wanted to avoid getting heat by like, oh, man, I don't know if I belong here. Like, I don't want to be in the locker room and taking up space or taking someone's chair. I'm just going to change in the car, keep my stuff in there, you know, save space for everybody. Nope, backfire. Heaven wow. forbid. Yeah, exactly. Yep. No, we want to see you in your tidy waddies. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was talented. Uh, the Jackal. Well, he, he, was, he was very – and he had a great cool. look. Yeah. Very talented, bro. Don's really go ahead. He's yeah, Don's pretty sharp and smart. And he's very guys. smart. Very smart. I, I liked him a lot when he was uh, in ECW too. I think that that was a, a a really good revival of his character when he commentated for ECW, um, because the Truth Commission, like, kind of give us the backstory on just 
the true commission because I know that they were in USWA without Callis, and then they came over to WWE and they brought you know, and Callis was with them too. So, what what was the backstory behind bringing the? Bro, you want to know too how Vince would um, rib people, <laughs> bro? If you had heat with with Vince, or if you had heat with the office, okay. Vince would book you in a match against the truth commission. Okay. <laughs> and bro, if you ever saw bro, remember when Kurgan would grab the guy by the skull yep. and drag him to the, <laughs> you had heat with Vince. If you were that guy, wow. and bro, wow. like bro, he, Brian Lee, so many times got dragged to the back by Kurgan because he constantly, constantly, constantly had heat with the office, man. Primetime had a heat too? Yeah, bro. Yes. Why, yes, why, why yeah. Brian Lee have heat? Man? I don't. Well, bro, he 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 wasn't afraid to pop off. Okay. You know, Brian Lee was one of those guys that spoke his mind. He he didn't have bedside manners, you know. Yeah. He wasn't one of those guys, but that's that's what Vince would do to guys that were in the doghouse. Kurgan would drag you up the ramp, sticking his fingers in your freaking brain. Wow. Yeah. Brian Lee was a cornet guy, wasn't he? Smoky Mountain? Yeah. 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 Was, uh, you know, played the fake Undertaker too, right? Back yeah. in uh, 94. Bro, it was amazing. I swear to God, I was witness to this. When we had Faker Taker, do you know, bro, Jerry Lawler would sit there for hours painting, put, put drawing on the exact tattoos wow. that Taker had to the T. Lawler would have all these pictures on the wall. Brian Lee would literally be sitting there for hours hours and lola made sure every single one of them were perfect bro that's insane they wouldn't even do that today it's too much work that's too much work bro it would never happen today man it's a part of investing in the character man you can't just have them you can't just have this lazy stuff going around with just matches you got to invest in the characters man so Taker versus Taker, man. EC3 as a fan. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Was that SummerSlam 94, if I'm not mistaken? I don't don't remember. You don't remember? You were what? About eight, seven, somewhere there? Yeah, nine. Nine? Eight or nine. How old were you, 94? Uh, Nine. Nine? Okay, there you go. You don't remember, though? I don't remember loving it. I, I really... I really am not having a good answer for this. <laughs> I, I bet mean, you okay. Let's was, let's change the subject. I bet you were jacked at nine. I wasn't. You I was weren't a, jacked at all. No, I was a little little scrawny. I was a real fat baby. Then I had a bunch of health issues, so I became really skinny, and then I had uh, stunted growth until I became a full grown man at thirty five. Very nice. Wow. Very nice. Very nice. Speaking of sound effects. Oh, now he's jacked to the max, and I'm telling you, six one. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, six six four with stilt, but with the uh, you know with my lifted boots on. That yes, I indeed, yes indeed. You know, bro, that that may have been a hokey story, but there was still a story behind it. I like Taker versus. You know Taker. what I'm saying? There's a lot of people yeah. who don't like it, but I loved it, man. I, I remember I was a teenager at the time, and. Man, I remember the uh, Leslie Nielsen involvement uh, in Taker versus Taker as far as the sightings and stuff. I loved it, man. It was great. And it, 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 
it started in Royal Rumble 94 when he, you know, he got jumped. And then, you know, they did the whole gimmick where he, the silhouette goes up. And I heard that was Marty Jannetty, actually. Was, is that true, Vince? Oh, I don't know that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I heard I that was Marty Jannetty that went up from the Tron. And uh, then it was from January. That was a seven-month angle. Like, yeah. it went from January, and all of a sudden, you don't see him a little bit. And then there's some some teases of some sightings from, you know, uh, Char- uh, Leslie Nielsen comes out and says, oh, we saw the Undertaker. And then Stibiasi brings in, you know, the, the you know, Underfaker, you know I mean, with, with, the, with the gray gimmick black and gray gimmick and then taker comes out in SummerSlam with the the new black and purple gimmick and the new music and it, i loved it man it was it was great i'm gonna actually watch it now that you know yeah man you gotta watch SummerSlam. Really night, man. Yeah. absolutely bro i was backstage uh <laughs> bro this is why like it's so bizarre how different it is now i was backstage when leslie nielsen and george kennedy were running around cutting vignettes bro <laughs> like where, where, where are those days bro where the freak are <laughs> leslie nielsen was running around backstage cutting vignettes bro. Wow. Leslie nielsen rules. ruled ruled absolutely. bro absolutely 100 agree with that man all right, so let's go. You didn't, bro. We got Vince Russo went hard on Tony Khan recently. Uh, what happened? Saying that he tanked three television shows. So, uh, so well, EC three. Let, let let me put this in its proper perspective. Read, read the tweet first. Read the tweet. Yeah, first. you read it because I don't have it in front of me. Go ahead. Read the tweet okay. first. Go ahead. Only Vince Russo can read it the way that, that he can. So here you go. There's there's a tweet, man. There's a tweet. There's a tweet. Okay, Here, here's the tweet now, and and this is all truth, bro. You know I don't make crap up, and I don't lie. No, and you know, it, like I think as you prepare your glasses, this is a case of uh you don't say things because they're gonna come yes. back and haunt you because here's what he said here's the tweet ec3 and it's it's period at tony khan remember oh, remember yeah. when you said wcw had a hangnail and vince russo went in and cut the whole arm off remember that tony i do now you've tanked not one not two, but three television shows. Wow. Ah, yes, karma is a biatch. <laughs> Very nice. Very cool. Like, yeah. Let him live. He's already dead. Something's <laughs> mean. Vince. What happened here? Here's Robert. Go ahead, East. Yeah, the collision collapse or something. What happened? Uh well, Coll- Collision lost almost half its viewers in just three weeks. It was a it was a little over eight. Oh, it's down it was, to four four hundred fifty. Yeah, yeah, it was like four. It was four fifty two. I think four thirty. It was eight thirteen, and it went down to like four thirty seven or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's my advice: keep listening to the internet and booking because you read Reddit, and you're gonna do That's just it. exactly, bro. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> what? I mean, like we had, there's one chance for like backed, healthy competition to reinvigorate the industry, and it was like, it, like everyone claimed the hero, they gave him the hero's welcome. Celebrate too soon, this is what happens. Delayed gratification is the only way to success. Like you can't have hot shot, you know, dopamine hits. You need to long process, long term, think things through, slow build, slow burn. And deliver consistency after consistency after consistency. That's the trick. 
Yep. I remember uh, talking about the Stanford uh, marshmallow experiment here on this uh, on the on this show about delayed gratification, man. Absolutely. I mean, thinking about like oh, Booker of the Year, right? Seventeen times, even though he's had you know there's only been four times he's been eligible, but like the Booker of the Year. Whoops. Yeah. Uh, to your point, Vince. Uh, so here's the numbers. Uh, 17th of June, debut episode, 816,000 viewers. All right. 624, 595,000 viewers. So just within a week, it dropped you know, a 220, you know, 220,000. Uh, 221,000. So, and then the 7th of January, uh, July, 452,000. So it dropped another, uh, 16, three. So if someone say, for instance, if someone says, Oh, what was the 4th of July weekend? We respected those type of numbers. That's, that would be a, a a typical response from, you you know, the day and company. World. truly care about this sport this industry this form this our form of entertainment you will counter the fact that there are issues and problems with retaining or building an audience and only through that self-awareness and that acceptance can things be built up to survive it's like sure. stop making excuses guys would would these people make excuses if vince russo had a promotion that did oh that no, no you're kidding me bro on his grave They'd be, be like, cut off that hangnail and his head. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So he went from 816 to 452. See, that's why he killed WCW. Who would hover this guy anyway? <laughs> Vince, uh, here, here's your uh, go ahead, Ace. Yeah. Like, so I don't know this, but did the first episode with the 800,000, were they trouting it out as like a huge success too? Like, very. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. That's why you don't do it. You do something good, even great. You go, what's next? You yep, don't. Absolutely. Absolutely. You get killed later. Because if, it, if it's being booked as the plateau episode with CM Punk's return. Yeah. It could, I mean, like, if it plateaued, it could only go down from there. So, like, if you're booking this as this big grand CM Punk show, like, you're 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 already telling the viewers that it's not going to go up from here. So bad bad marketing, bad marketing. It's just unfortunate, man. Like one shot. Well, you know what though, it's really not unfortunate, bro. Because let's face it, a lot of your peers are making a crap load of money, bro. Yeah, but like then something is drastically going to change, and the landscape of this industry is going to bottom out, and a lot of people are going to be looking for work too, possibly. Mm-hmm. So. You know, but take it while you can, boys. Yeah, indeed. Vince, here's here's your opportunity, man, to elaborate on that tweet. Yeah, no, bro. The, the guy shot his mouth off before dynamite even even started. He shot his mouth off a, a, about me before I ever criticized him because they, they didn't even have a show back then. You were an easy target because you had, yeah, and that's exactly or, yeah. Vince Vince went in there and all they had was a hangnail and. <laughs> Vince Russo went in there and cut the whole arm off. Well, bro, now you could take that arm and shove it straight up your backside, you fool. You three times. 
you had three shots, bro, with three different shows. Let's not forget, bro. I went into WCW, and the reason they hired me was because the ratings were in the turlet, bro. That's where I started. I didn't start with a brand new show on a brand new network that was a Vince Russo show. That's not where I started. I started with Vince, our ratings are in the toilet. That's where you had to start. So I basically had to undo everything they did before I could start building my own vision. This It was this guy's baby from day one. Not once, not twice, but three times. Yeah. And he failed all three times. You know, bro, I was watching EC. You, both of you guys are going to appreciate this. I was watching uh, Ron Washington is a uh, the infield coach for the Atlanta Braves. Great freaking coach, you know, had, had, a, had a great, you know, uh, Major League Baseball career. I just saw an interview with him tonight. This is what he said, bro. He said, bro, there's a, there's a huge difference between knowledge and experience. Wow. So in other words, you can, we, we can take a Dave Meltzer. Bro, you could have as much knowledge as the, the the Encyclopedia Britannica. You could have years and years and years of wrestling knowledge and wrestling history and who wrestled who in Japan. You could have all this knowledge. But the experience comes from being a part of the game. And if you don't have that experience, bro, you don't have the whole package. He's saying you need the knowledge and the experience. Tony Khan does not have the experience, bro. Booking efeds is not experience. I had the experience because I was the magazine writer. Then Vince McMahon took me in. Okay, bro, you're going to start writing house show promos for every single talent. Then you're going to start producing those house shows. Then, bro, I got this one character I want you to start writing for. Then I want you to start writing for Sean, who was the champion. Vince McMahon was bringing me through the system. And that's where I was getting the experience and learning. This dude literally thinks that when he, because he was booking E-Feds at 10 years old, that that gave him the experience to write a television show? Really, bro? Come on, man. Hey, man. Well, there you go. That you you heard it here from the Vince Russo regarding Tony Khan's tweet. Uh, there it's a fireback from uh, from Russo. That is why you just you 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 don't t t pick an unnecessary fight because karma is a real thing. You know this will come back and haunt you. And like if if you caught a shot of him, like Tony Khan doesn't deserve to be in this, but then he comes at you back, then you know it's on you because like you started it, but don't start shit you can't finish. Exactly. There you go. There you go. That's one for you, Tuis. Can't buy your way out of. Indeed. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this guy Center Square, Shadow Stevens, Hollywood, EC3, <laughs> and we also have uh, Vince Russo, former WCW World Heavyweight Champion. Um, we, we, are, we, we are, we are, yeah, we call him the hangnail, the hangnail, yes, indeed, hangnail Vince Russo, Hollywood, 
uh, EC3. We before the before we do the seven star, I got to give a crowd a shout out to my my boy Chris Van Vallette. You know Chris Van Vallette, bro. He interviewed Meltzer, <laughs> and he says to Meltzer, "How is it possible that Kurt Angle never had a five star match in TNA?" Meltzer's answer as a shoot, and the video's out there, Meltzer's answer was, well, he had a lot of four and three-quarter star matches, and that's the same thing. And Chris Follett was like, no, it's not, bro. No, like four and three-quarters is four and three-quarters. Yeah, it's, it's not the same thing. And Meltzer literally tried to explain how four and three quarters and five were the same thing, bro. Yeah, we were just chatting recently this week about uh, yeah. Taker and uh, oh, <laughs> Sean. <laughs> well, I already knew it was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I know that the ring is going in the fire in Lord of the Rings, but damn it, did I sure as heck love the trilogy, you know? Mm-hmm. I know the Death Star is getting blown up. I know it's going to get blown up, but I was all in on a new hope, right? Indeed. I always say just because it's predictable doesn't mean it's bad. I know the U.S. is going to beat communist Soviet Union in miracle, but damn it, I really love the ride, okay? There you go, man. (laughs) Well, uh, on that note, we're going to go ahead. is going to sacrifice himself to save the planet. All right, man. But Hey, it took us 10 years and it re, you know, evaluated film franchises forever. Yeah, that's Indeed. Take us on with the seven star clip, Vince. I don't anticipate ever seeing giving another match seven stars, but if I do, nope. then it'll be a wonderful thing for wrestling. <laughs> is six and a half the same as seven? Yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. Six and a half is not the same as seven, but six and three quarters. Okay. Yes. Same thing. Imagine, imagine being a human being following blindly this arbitrary speculation scale from one human being who's never done the thing he's talking about. Imagine you caring. Imagine paying to read it. Yeah. You're losers. Before we go, I have a I question. Have you. Mess, by the way, so. I've, I've, I, you do, you do the the ladder mm-hmm. match, right? Uh, the takeover Mania weekend. Uh, was that how how much how much was that a conversation in the back you know from from TNA and especially NXT non-existent WWE. very rarely non-existent bro when i was there non-existent really really non-existent uh, yeah ec3 among the boys backstage how much was that a conversation about we won a five star melter match like it was a, a jesterly haha like hey lars Five, huh? Oh, whatever the hell you would say. Mm-hmm. It was very much in jest. And I mean, you know, like Cole and Ricochet were in the match and they probably had a couple too. So mm-hmm. like they, they meant nothing. I Like I said, I learned about it while I was taking a dump hungover. Mm-hmm. And then like, it, it, I felt nothing. But what I did feel like were the fans reacting. What I felt was mm-hmm. peers respect. What I felt was Guys like Triple H and Sean giving some standing ovation in the back like that meant something. Very nice. This dude's opinion, it it didn't. And, you know, thank you. Like, I'm glad you can appreciate the hard work, but I guess just taking it so seriously 
and invest like that's the thing because people are so i don't know one-dimensional and corruptible and like go with what they're told like they can't openly judge and enjoy something without another opinion influencing it so i i just would hate fans to be like man that match is really cool i really like this this and this and then it got three stars and like oh oh i guess it wasn't that good no it was great because he enjoyed it Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to, to your point, I mean, I think Hogan Andre is one of the best matches of all time. Okay. Five stars all day. That's that's probably a two-star match, but that's a five-star match to me just because of the intrigue, of the angle, of the build, of the irresistible force versus immovable object, of the of the genuine infectious cut it with the knife feeling that comes with it. Maybe, yeah, it was fine. Uh, well, you know, I would have given it five stars, but uh, Andre didn't really fall flat on his back on that body slam. Yeah, because the dude was near death and yeah. perilous, yeah. looking to like build the future and yeah. give the business the jolt it needs to go to unparalleled heights. You, you sociopath. <laughs> that shit that he does. I mean, he, with the hands in the pants, I mean, that is great stuff. <laughs> It is. Orange Cassidy's cool, man. I like it. I like, I like Orange Cassidy, man. But, uh, you know, I'm a, I, again, I'm a character guy, man. But, uh, but if, you know what? Okay. I'm, I don't want to keep us going. But, like, if Orange Cassidy was, like, somebody in TNA and Vince Russo was booking, he'd hate it. That's, that's, why, that, that's why there was never a five-star match in TNA. That, that's really? never exactly why. Never, never, never. Bro, a- AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, Kurt Angle, Samoa Joe. Okay. Man, the the Styles Joe Daniels match, the triple threat match, one of the yeah. best matches in the history of TNA. Like that, that just, five star? Joe yeah, not one, not one. Joe Angle cage match was like off the. Oh yeah, that was amazing too. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So that's uh, a very uh, um, favored <laughs> and uh, 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 biased is what the word I'm looking for uh, type of scale of, of his so well ladies and gentlemen uh, people who are uh, who, who cuts it right down the middle man I, I was chatting with Bill Alfonso today actually man uh, yeah he and I was just chatting just uh, catching up and uh, man you know he's the guy who cut it who called it right down the middle this guy right here EC3 calls it right down the middle so does Vince Russo calling it right down the middle I am Dr. Chris. This is the Wrestling Outlaws. Have a good night, buddy. Hands in the pit. <laughs>